pick your lane and be in your business and know what your specialty is so that you can rise up to the top of the pack. what's going on. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. Want to connect with your fellow on fire businesswomen? Then join our free private Facebook group. Go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash group. I have had quite a few members of the Biz Women Rock community lately express a very serious interest in wanting to add speaking, paid speaking, as a part of their offerings. And I've also had quite a few women who have a business and they want to transform it into a speaking business, meaning they want all of their income to be generated from keynote speeches. So it's with that knowledge that I was super excited to learn about Jane Atkinson. She is the creator of speakerlauncher.com. She also has the podcast, The Wealthy Speaker. And today I have her on the show talking about how to make money speaking. And so she literally gives so much great practical information throughout this entire interview. And it will hit home for you if you are someone who has not yet actually made a dollar speaking, but you really want to. That's something that you're interested in doing. She's going to give you the first couple of steps that you could take to go towards that. Or if you have been paid to speak before, but you want that to be happening a lot more often, she gives some great advice on what to do next to continue to build up that speaking portfolio. She also goes in pretty detailed about what a keynote page on your website should look like, all the elements that it should have, which is really valuable. And she goes into answering and giving some great ideas on what I think most everyone who wants to be paid to speak or expand how often they are being paid to speak, everyone wants to know, which is, how do I get booked? And she has some great answers and ideas for that question. If this information really hits home for you and you want to find out more from Jane and all of the brilliance that she has to offer, you can go to speakerlauncher.com forward slash bookstore and check out some more of her resources, including Wealthy Speaker 2.0. It's a ton of really great education that she has about what it takes to get paid to speak. So let's get into our conversation with Jane. Jane, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show. I am so excited to talk to you today, Katie. Thanks for having me. I am really happy that you're here. So you actually were referred to me by a very good friend that I have here in Tampa who I have known for a long time, who has been a very successful speaker, somebody who has been a hustler and from a very early age knew that he wanted to be paid to speak. Like he knew that that was his career path, that that was his business that he wanted to build. And so when he mentioned you... 
I don't take his recommendations lightly. He, he's kind of a <laughs> no BS type of a guy. So if he has invested his time and his money into someone, I know that they actually know what they're talking about, which is why I was like, <laughs> okay, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up my ears and listen. So I got to talk to this girl. So I am so honored that you're here to share your information because you have been teaching and helping people who want to speak and get paid to speak and possibly even have an entire speaking business find success. And that's kind of why I wanted to to pick your brain about all of that stuff here. I love, I've been (laughs) in the speaking industry for 30 years and it is filled with cool people. And we would welcome any of your business women who rock out there to come on over if they're not already dipping their toe in the water. Awesome. Okay, so first, let's start us off with just a little bit of a background so that people can understand what you're coming to the table with. Talk, just if you can sum up 30 years uh, in just a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the background. 30 seconds, go. (laughs) I was going to say that, but I didn't want to sound like too assumptive. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, I actually fell into the business very haphazardly, which I think a lot of people end up doing. Nobody goes to school and says, I'm going to become a part of the speaking industry. I actually was just kind of lost at age 25, didn't know what I wanted to do. And I saw a Les Brown PBS special, which I taped on VHS, which I know dates me. Uh, (laughs) And I watched it over and over and over and again. And it was about living your dreams. And, you know, if you can look up, you can get up. And I just thought, wow, this motivational speaker thing was completely foreign to me. I had not read a book since college. So the idea of, you know, learning and having your car become your university on wheels was very foreign to me. And I, it opened up this door that I got drawn through and I've never looked back. I got my first job probably within six months of that working for a motivational speaker, three years, straight commission, basement office, Basically, she handed me a stack of business cards and said, go get some business. And I did it. And it was, she was an amazing, amazing mentor and uh, went on from there to be recruited out to um, Vancouver to work with another speaker, totally opposite, you know, from the basement office to the corner office kind of thing, flying around private jets and helicopters having a grand old time. And then from there, got recruited down to Dallas, where I worked for six years for an Olympic athlete for four. And then his wife owned a speakers bureau. And I was under that roof for the entire six years and really learned a lot and then ended up working for the bureau for a couple of years. So um, just shortly after 9-11, I came back up to Canada and I started my own company and my own coaching business that was in 2002. And I really haven't looked back. So I've changed and grown my business model and tried lots and lots of things. I have had some great successes, have had some abysmal failures. And I come to you today with just whatever people you think people want to know about uh, speaking for money. (laughs) abysmal failures. That might be my new stock term. I love, that's a great descriptive term (laughs) because we've all had them. I'm I'm going to be asking you about one of those uh, by the end of the show. So, but let's start with the fun stuff for a second. Right. So I, I'm going to ask you to um, maybe give me some step-by-step answers on a few scenarios. So scenario number one, let's pretend that I'm running my business and I think it would be a cool idea to speak. That would be really, really cool. I would really love that. I feel like I'd be a really great educator and it would be a cherry on top if I could get paid for that. What kind of advice would you give to that businesswoman listening right now who's sort of in that space where like speaking is sort of like 
it's in her realm of thought of like, that would be really cool. And it'd be great to get paid doing that. But she has not yet taken any steps towards that. So the first step is really to, in the industry, we call it picking a lane, really deciding what topic, what expertise you want to be giving out to the world. And many of your rock and business women probably know things that other people don't know. So think about what is it that you know that other people would be interested in having. You know, sometimes we take our knowledge for granted. And when we talk to other people whose eyes light up, you think, oh, okay, that might've been something that I just thought every Everybody knew, but they don't. Think about how you can package it up into a formula and then share it with people. And really great stories are a great way to communicate, you know, your formula. So the first step is really to pick a lane. And when I say lane, I mean, what topic do you ask yourself the question? What topic would you like to be known for five years from now? Hmm. So it might be something based on your business or your business might be the kind of the backdrop for the story. And that would be okay too. What's something that you've done well over and over and over again in your life in order to get to where you are today. So that's probably the, the best step number one. Got it. So I would imagine then kind of the step number two goes to like, okay, how do I get people who would hire me to, to speak? Right? Like what's that? And I'm going to ask you uh, uh, the different scenario for the different woman who's a little, uh, maybe a few steps further beyond, but really taking home the answer for this particular woman. What then, what do you do now when you say, Hey, I could really talk well about this particular topic in this particular way. What's the next step from there? Like, how do you go about finding people who would actually pay you to do that? Should you be wanting to get paid right away? Should, is this the time to really be doing some free talks? Like, what do you recommend that someone in this position would do? I think free talks are a great way to kind of get the ball rolling and just to test the water, dip your toe in, so to speak, and see whether or not there's something from that. And then when people say, okay, how much do you charge? And when you're in that assumptive mode, then you can say, okay, now I'm going to set a fee for this. But uh, I have this formula. It's called ready, aim, fire. And in the ready stage is where we pick the lane. We gain some clarity around what we're selling. And then we develop some marketing language, kind of like a tagline or we call it a promise statement, so that when you move into the next phase, which is AIM, so in the ready stage, you get crystal clear on what you're selling. And then in the AIM stage, you make sure that your marketing materials hold that. And, and really what I mean is website. You may want to have a completely separate website if your business doesn't have any crossover, but some people will have some crossover and it might make sense just to add a tab called keynotes and workshops or something that we offer. So on the website, we have this promise statement so that when people arrive, they go, oh, okay, I see, I get what the outcome it is. You know, the problem you're helping to solve is right there in front of my eyes. And then once you have kind of your website in place, it speaks about, you know, who you are and the value that you bring to the table and why they might book you over somebody else. Then and only then would you move into fire. And that's where you just start rolling it out to your target markets. And ideally you pick, you know, one or two industries that you could focus on to try to become known in those industries as the go-to person on this topic. 
Love it. And that seems really doable. Like it doesn't seem that seems like such a great way to break it down into like easily digestible and doable steps. It seems I don't want to say obvious, but you can follow it quite easily. Well, you would be surprised, Katie, at how many people will start with fire because some of us are salespeople by nature. Right. And so we start with trying to sell. But if we don't have the clarity of the ready phase, and if we don't have that kind of language figured out to really decide what language we're in and what the outcome of our work really is, then you start firing without lack of clarity and it gets a little bit muddled from there. So that's why we follow this really clean line. I love that. And truthfully, that's a really nice process to be stick true to in business in general, because if you're going, I mean, if you're going out there and selling yourself and saying, Hey, sign up with me, people don't know how, like what exactly you do or what results you can help produce for them. Like if they they don't, if that's not, I call it packaging. If you don't have a clear yeah. package on how people can immediately say, yes, I want that package. Yes, yeah. I want that. Yes, I need that. Yes, you, I know you're now telling me you can help me with that. Like, it doesn't matter how visible you are. It doesn't matter how much you're out there. Like it, people aren't going to really know to even ask or say yes or say yes to a call to action that you do if you don't have one. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so important. You know, even if you run a nail salon, you know, what do you want to specialize in? Really knowing why people are going to choose you over all the other options. Um, this ready, aim, fire process is really helpful for you to identify all those things. I love that. Okay. Okay, so that is incredibly helpful and definitely a huge takeaway to actually work through for you listening. That is something actionable that you can really work on. Okay, so scenario number two, I am not a newbie. I am somebody who has actually been paid to speak before and I loved it. It felt really good. That was great. And I want more. What recommendation or what few steps could you then give to any amazing woman listening right now who has been paid to speak, but they now want that to be incorporated into their actual business model? They want more of that. Right. Well, it's part of the same things where you really want to add it to your business model and make sure that people know that it's available. For many people, it will fit nestled beautifully in your options when I arrive at your website. And the reason why we, I suggest maybe putting keynotes or keynotes and workshops as the option is because we want to do this in the language of the buyer rather than the language of the seller. When I say speaking, I'm not being as specific as when I'm saying keynotes. I have keynotes for sale. So if I come onto your website, each of your tabs should kind of spell out what your menu of options are for me. And so your promise would allow me to see how you help people in general. And then your specific tabs like coaching, consulting, keynotes and workshops, maybe you do webinars and other things, you know, those should be right there on your menu of options and in the language of the buyer. And then I think for some of you, it'll be a no brainer that you just add a keynotes tab on there. I love that. Now, what do you suggest as far as like the anatomy of a keynotes tab? Like, are you, if you have like keynotes and workshops, are you putting on kind of a description of this is the type of keynote I can do? And as a secondary question, are you actually putting pricing on there of like what you want to charge for that? Like, how do you set so, that up? 
I'll, I'll handle the pricing question first. I would say no for pricing because we really want to, Bob Scheinfeld has a term, get the client whooped up and excited <laughs> before you talk to them about pricing. So right. if somebody says, what's your price? You might say to them, well, let's just talk about your needs a little bit first and then I'll give you a quote. So uh, we don't put the pricing on there necessarily, but we would put their options in terms of a keynote out line. And I'll give you a really brief what that looks like is keynote title. You probably will use a subtitle that kind of speaks to the how-to part. So it's like a book title and a subtitle, then a chunky paragraph that describes the keynote, and then some bullet points that would be learning outcomes. You might also put a couple little little bells and whistles would be things like, you know, who's the best audience for this? What's the best format? And what's your your speaking style. Those are some things that you could add. But the basics are, you know, the chunky paragraph that describes it and some learning outcomes. And if you do that, then people will see, okay, I see she has two things to offer, this one or this one. Let me choose which one based on my needs. Love that. That is gold, by the way, just really itemizing <laughs> out that anatomy of a keynote page. That's fantastic. I've never, I've never really heard it itemized out like that. And you and, should know. <laughs> and let me, let me please uh, also put in the caveat that you might think that more is more in this situation when it's not. Don't try to be all things to all people. Be kind of the subject matter expert and don't let fear drive that. I see a lot of people with very, very long pages. And well, it looks like you could do everything. In my mind, what I'm not saying to you is, but I wonder how many of these things you really do well. Pick a lane and then be in that lane. And it might mean that you have two different angles on, say, a leadership talk. You can come at it from the team perspective, or you can come at it from the leader's perspective or whatever it might be. You know, you, you could have a similar talk with different audiences, or you could have a couple of different angles of coming at the same outcome. So don't try to be all things to all people. I think we as women tend to do that in general. What? I, would just, I have no I idea what you're talking you, about. <laughs> I would just ask you to resist the urge, <laughs> the natural we wanna, urge. We want to please everyone. <laughs> That's exactly right. I would say that it's probably a challenge for most of us to think like, well, we could talk about anything and, and we want the business. So let's do that. But it's actually not that. The more you niche down and you can succinctly say, here's where I shine in these one, two, three areas, that's when that right person who wants exactly that will identify with that. Exactly. It's the same reason why the nail salon owner doesn't have a clothing store and a shoe shop all, you know, connected. Yes. Pick your lane and be in your business and know what your specialty is so that you can can rise up to the top of the pack because there's lots of clothing stores, there's lots of shoe shops, and there's lots of nail salons. You have to show kind of some sort of specialty. Love that. So a quick kind of a random question that might have a quick answer. Can you give any sort of guidelines on how anyone can come up with how much they should charge for a keynote or for a workshop presentation? Are there any sort of guidelines on that? Well, one of the things I say in the Wealthy Speaker 2.0 is that you're kind of in the business in my books 
once you get to the $1,500 mark. Like that kind of puts your foot in the game. Gotcha. And then from there, we kind of go up. I have clients coming out of big corporate jobs who will say, I'd like to charge five or I'd like to charge 10,000. It's totally up to your comfort level and you want to make sure that your skill set is in line. So one of the indicators is you go on a platform and you give a speech and you've charged $2,500. And then you see two or three other speakers that you know probably charge like $20,000 and you think to yourself, aha, I must think about raising my fee. And you just need to make sure that you have everything aligned, that your speech is really, really solid and tight, that you've got kind of all of the things that can back you up in order to take that fee hike. Love that. That's such a great answer. Great. Okay. So now what I would really love to get in is what I consider the murky area of the hunting and the client acquisition. Okay. I am sure that there are probably an enormous amount of strategies here or ideas or little things that you could do on how to basically get booked. But can you give maybe just a few ideas on what people can do to get themselves booked for these things. Maybe a couple random strategies that have worked, kind of tried and true things, joining associations, like all that sort of stuff, just to get the women listening, get their brains churning about what they could possibly do. And the list is really, really long. And so I'll typically go through it with clients and say, okay, based on what I know of you, we're not going to do this and this and this. You know, they're high tech and you're low tech or whatever. So you kind of take the list and decide based on where your skill set is. Um, The old school approach was what we called call, send, call. You would pick up the phone, call a place that you know there's a meeting, send them out a package of materials with the old school tapes and CDs, and then follow up after they've gotten to their short list. That approach is kind of similar to what we do today in that we might just have a little query email. It's a very short and sweet email that says, I see you have a meeting. I think I could be a fit because of these reasons. Please let me know if this topic is of interest to your audience. Boom, boom, boom. Kind of done. Love it. Okay. So I would call that the quick and dirty query email approach. So you email, um, you might also call and leave an after hours voicemail, or you might call as well and say, when you do get their voicemail, which ultimately we almost always do, uh, you would say, I'm going to shoot you an email as well. So, you know, you have to imagine that these people are getting hundreds of inquiries every day and that you need to, um, be at the right place at the right time with the right topic. And so you don't take it personally. It's just a numbers game. You're out planting seeds. So that's one way. The old fashioned, reach out and actually talk to somebody. Then you can also do what we're doing. We do podcasting, we do blogging, we put articles in our trade magazines. You know, this is why you might pick when you get to that fire of the ready aim fire process, you might pick one or two or three industries that you want to become known in. Mm. So you, you don't have to join every association that they have, but you might say, okay, well, I'm going to really hone in on this one 
association and be a member so that I can understand what all the lingo is and start to really build relationships because that type of thing is a long-term approach and you really get known. You know, for me, I am a member of the National Speakers Association. I am a member of the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. I tend to write an article for each of their magazines, you know, once a year to stay top of mind. I go on their Voices of Experience, which is an audio program. So I'll speak at their convention this summer. I'll do that for free to get in front of my audience. Right. So you'll have to kind of choose when you say no to freebies and when you say yes to freebies. And when your yeses put you in front of your ideal audience, that might be a reason to do it. So that might be a part of your strategy is I'm going to go out and speak to anyone who will listen for six months. And from there, I'm going to build momentum. Love that. And then you're talking about podcasting as a part of like marketing. And you could either do that by like starting your own within the industry as like an expert within the industry of the potential clients that you really want, or actually being a guest on podcasts that are speaking to your ideal client, right? Absolutely. And I do both. You know, I go out as a guest podcaster and I love it. I really love being interviewed by people like you and just having a, you know, a fun conversation. That's what a great way to make a living. It's amazing. People pay us to speak. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I do have lots of clients and they don't have their own podcasts. They just put a mission in place to go out and be on 50 podcasts in a year or something like that. Love that. So that's definitely a possibility. As a random side note, and Jane, I know you can speak to this too as a fellow podcaster, but if you're listening and you're not a podcaster and you want to really leverage media, podcasting is just this massive media mogul. You've got millions and millions and millions and millions of people listening to all sorts of different podcasts. And I can't believe how many people don't take the opportunity to see that as a marketing opportunity to become a guest and like an expert or somebody who can give value to the audience, the exact audience audience that you want to that you want to attract to you. So just as an FYI little tip, if you do not have getting on podcasts as part of your PR and marketing strategy, that should be a very specific strategy. That is one thing to add. And there are companies out there. I think I spoke to someone called podcast guest concierge or something like that. There are people out there who can get you onto your target market. As two great resources, two whom I am very good friends with, both of them, Esther Kish, Born to Influence. She has a PR firm and that's what she does is she will get high-end clients onto the exact podcasts that they want to be on to help their influencer brand, if you will. And then Jessica Rhodes has interview connections and they do booking for really great people and they do it so well. It's such a great service, whether you want to be interviewed or whether you have a podcast and want guests to be booked for you. So she does that both. So those are all three really great resources. Okay. So in this thing of how to make money speaking, just to kind of bring it all down home and because I want to make sure I actually follow through with the promise that I made, what has been one of your abysmal failures? I'm going to bring that back. Um, As a fellow businesswoman, you obviously have so much expertise in this area And at the end of the day, you're a very thriving, growth-oriented businesswoman, just like every one of us. So what have been one of your really bad failures? So many to choose from, Katie. (laughs) I will tell you that my biggest... Oh, I don't even know that I want to even call it a failure because it was such a great lesson. And as I was doing it, I thought to myself, 
I'm not taking my own advice. So <laughs> I, I wrote a book. I've written four or five books now. I'm getting ready to write another one. And one of the books that I wrote was not in my lane. So I had just 10 years ago, I met the man of my dreams and got married, but I was relatively late in life. And I thought, I need to get this book out of my head and onto paper. I can help people. And so I wrote a book called The Frog Whisperer. And it's for single people who want to find love. And and I put a strategy to it. I mean, I put a strategy to everything, a three-part strategy, just like the Ready, Aim, Fire process and the Wealthy Speaker. So what I recognized after going through that exercise was that in the morning when I woke up, I thought, where do I want to spend my time and energy and money? And it wasn't on the frog business. I didn't want to be a guest on shows. I didn't want to do all the things that you need to do in order to promote a book. Mm. I wanted to go where the, where the well was deepest, which right. was in my wealthy speaker business. And so I kind of set that book aside. It's on Kindle. It It's on print on demand and people can get it if they want to, but it's not where I spend my time and energy and money. And I haven't really clouded up my market by offering them things outside of my lane. But when I say pick a lane, I actually know now that you really should pick a lane. So I I knew I was doing it, but I wasn't sure what would be at the other end. I was kind of not sure where I was going. And it it came from a little bit of a lack of clarity on my own part Mm. in terms of my future. And then I more firmly decided, nope, I'm in speaking. And that's where I've stayed. (laughs) I love it. Really good, by the way. And that is a very tough thing for creatives, creative entrepreneurs to do. And so uh, one thing I'm going to challenge you is you are finishing up listening to this episode. There is a part of you that feels like constrained by Jane telling you to stay in your lane. Don't (laughs) just don't like explore it, see how it feels. And I have to admit, like I never wanted in the very beginning of launching the podcast, I never really wanted to talk about podcasting. I didn't want to speak about how to podcast. I didn't want to speak about how you can build your business through podcasting because I was like, I don't want to be known as the podcast person. Like, you know, like I don't want to, I did not want to be pigeonholed, but, um, because I, I, I am an entire business. Like I am a strategist. I help people build their companies, not just podcasts. And I'm an educator. I have all the, all these education programs. And so I'm a community builder. I have a whole great community of businesswomen. So it's like, I wanted to make sure I was known for so much more than that, but I have found myself talking about podcasting so much just because I'm so passionate about it. It still fits in that lane of everything. So just don't feel like, oh my gosh, I can't really like spread my wings and do what I love because you can get so varied even within your lane, I think, as long as it sort of stays within that. There's lots of little mini highways and so (laughs) don't be afraid to explore them all because I think when you, there's actually a lot of freedom in picking a lane because there's so much more clarity. And I have to tell you, if this is the only line that anybody takes away from this, clarity breeds confidence. And when you have a lack of clarity, it's very difficult to move forward, you know, in this kind of position of power. And so clarity breeds confidence. And I think it's really important to pick a lane because of that. 
Ah, oh, love that. I cannot think of a better way to end. I do want to make sure you know, listening, you guys can find out more about Jane at speakerlauncher.com. And Jane is also a podcaster, as we talked about. So she has the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. So once you're done listening to the show, go and check her podcast out and go listen to all the amazing people that she has come on and talk about all the intricacies of getting paid to speak and actually either integrating that into your current business as part of your business model or actually jumping into actually having a, I am a paid speaker as a business type of a thing. So um, Jane, I want to thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. This literally is like totally actionable, doable, great information (laughs) that everyone listening can take home and go implement. So I highly recommend you go follow Jane, find out more about what she's doing if this topic interests you at all. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you. Thank you.